0: No, that's not it. Ah. There we go. They Didn't Ask Us was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. You said, which July 1st is somehow next week. That is pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, July is just already here
1: i don't know how i feel about it to be honest with you because it's definitely the end of an era end of an era yeah because the bank is gonna cease to exist as it is oh
0: i just mean like like for work it's the end of an era oh gotcha i was like what's happening this is some news that i hadn't heard yet just the fact that it's july means that too long till i'm a father times two what is the what is the tagline
1: for sequels which is like this time he means it like (laughs) this time it's for real. See, that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't want to say that about Antonio because he's a good kid. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I know. I can't. I think this is the first time I've said this on the podcast. God, he's coming in August. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me always is my co-host, John. What's going on, y'all? How are you doing? So glad that you are back with us. So glad that our listeners are back with us. There has been two weeks since you last heard from us. Now, this next episode is going to be different because it's only going to be a week. Those weeks where you're like, man, I really missed Jay and John. I missed hearing their voices. Good news for you. The good news is is that you will get to hear us again next Monday as well, because it's the first Monday of the month next week. What? What? So, this is our bonus episode which typically in the past we've done uh something out of our comfort zone you could almost say this movie was out of our comfort zone unless they liked uh, it in which case you probably don't want to listen to it with your kids (laughs) right well spoiler alert for the review later uh, i know i text john as soon as as i finished it i said i don't know if you've seen it yet but please just push through it this one's gonna be fun (laughs) so first up would be the news the news that's right and it's been Like, I wouldn't call it slow, but I wouldn't call it, like, chock-full of development either. No, not chock-full of development. There's been some stuff. I guess to start things off, the Rachel and Ross, will they, won't they? Henry Cavill might be coming back as Superman. I thought there was
1: actually, like, a friend spinoff. Well, now you have my attention.
0: Well, okay, well, hold on. He has told WB that he is ready whenever they are. I believe it. Yeah. He said in an interview, he said, I would love to play Superman for years to meaning I'm, I'm ready to play the part. They just got to come to me and say, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Which at this point in the DC universe, I don't know what the heck's going on. I don't think they know what's going on. I think they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. That's absolutely what it is. Because if he's coming
1: back, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, if if they all come back except Batman, like how are they going to address that? Oh, you look a little different. Did you uh, change your diet? Be like, "Yeah, I'm gluten-free now." Okay, that explains why you're not Ben Affleck anymore. Like how do they <laughs> how do they address that or do they just ignore it and move on? Like there's no
0: good fix for that. No, there's really not. So they're really going to have to do almost like a a reboot. At this point, I almost feel like they need to just scrap everything and just say, let's just, let's give this another shot. I bet
1: they try to do the classic DC, like, this is Batman from an alternate Earth, or some, like, malarkey like that. I keep wanting to I mean, they really could. They could, but then I feel like they would still need some type of cameo from Batfleck.
0: I suppose, yeah. I guess it just depends on... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And like we've said before... The Dark Knight really did a great job with Superman, Superman, did a great job with Batman. And then on top of that, you also got to see Batman stepped away and another Batman-like character stepped up. And that was a perfect ending because you could actually go on from here. You could continue the story from here but they didn't. I think it was always the plan to end it with 3 cuz well, of course it ends
1: very well but it ends like ambiguous enough. It's it's the same thing Nolan did with Inception. Oh, what does the ending actually mean? It's just a talking point for years to come and it leaves the door open for development if he's broke or something.
0: Classic Nolan. Yeah, that guy. Now moving on with the news. Actor Campbell Scott, he's been in Spider-Man one and two the ones with garfield amazing spider-man yes okay so he is coming back to no not coming back sorry scratch that he has been cast to play uh dodson from the original jurassic park he's going to be playing that character in jurassic park dominion
1: which is the third movie of jurassic world right
0: Right, did I say Jurassic Park Dominion? I meant Jurassic World Dominion. Well,
1: obviously, I I knew
0: what you meant. I just wanted to make sure they weren't like soft rebooting Jurassic Park. No, no, because this is actually all taking place in the same universe. Right. They've definitely made that clear. But that Dodson character is going to come. Do you know what character I'm talking about when I say that? Not at all. Okay. Do you remember? You saw the movie. Yes, I did. Yes, I remember talking about that briefly. And there's that scene where him and I, I can only call him Newman because that's the only <laughs> that's, that's who character I Newman. know him as. You know who I'm talking about?
1: Newman. Yeah, I know who Newman is.
0: But he's sitting at that restaurant in like Jamaica or at Cuba the very or beginning. something like that. Yeah, and he's like, "Don't get cheap on me, Dotson." Okay. He hands me. He hands him the container to put the embryos in and stuff. Yeah. I, well, anyway, I got you. he he's that character is going to be coming back interesting that's very a very interesting, interesting
1: character to bring back so i'm yes. bored with that
0: yeah i'm interested to see what they do i think oh I'm a, hey what's up i know you loved avatar i still so haven't started much. watching the show oh not not the but, last airbender yeah i know i was
1: i was being facetious in my answer <laughs> okay <laughs> you i'm not i'm on record as being not the biggest fan of pocahontas with smurfs
0: yes me neither But they are making a second one. And it is official. It is actually happening. I actually had doubts for a while. But photos have been released of showing some sort of scene where they're having like an underwater sequence. So it is happening. There is proof that they are in production and doing that now. I never doubted that it would happen. It's just a matter
1: of is it going to make as much money as the first one. And the answer is no.
0: No. I think...
1: People are just kind of done with it. I think it's going to be a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy in the sense of the first one comes around and it has some fanfare, whatever, but a lot of people go into it not knowing what to expect and it's wildly successful. So they make a sequel and they lean too hard into the things that people enjoyed about the first one, making it an inferior product. So that's what I feel like is going to happen in Avatar 2.
0: I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how I feel about it. It's one of those that they kept saying they were going to make a sequel. I kept saying why? It doesn't make sense. The movie kind of ended at a point where you can't really keep going on. Yeah. So I was okay with them stopping right there, but I guess it's all about the money. Absolutely. It's a it's a Spaceballs 2
1: scenario. Spaceballs 2: The Search for More Money, which is a movie I would want hundred percent see in theaters today like if that movie was made i would be on board
0: now speaking I, i thought it was funny that you brought up avatar the last airbender because that is something that my son and i have been watching again which i've i've watched it i watched it when it originally came out but he's watching it again with me now and we are fully enjoying it and it's now in hd on Netflix. Ooh. And Netflix is in the works to create a live adaptation of the show since the movie failed so bad. That's what I was about to say. They tried that once
1: and uh, to say it bombed, I feel like is an insult to bombs. Yeah,
0: it did very poorly and from what I didn't even see it. Nope. I, I don't plan on seeing it. And from what I've been told, The reason why it failed so bad was because it tried to fit the entire first season into one movie, which is quite a task. And so they, I guess, have learned from that and have said, well, why don't we just go ahead and make a live action show instead, which I'm totally on board for that. As long as they mm. change it some, because if it's just going to be an exact copy, you're about to say carbon copy, weren't you? I was about to, yeah.
1: That's such an antiquated... We still use carbon paper for random stuff at work. And it's just like, why? This paper could be older than I am. Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. But I... But, yeah. I I don't know how I feel about doing a live-action reimagining, I guess. It would be a better word. Yeah. Because the the plots are already there. There's only so many ways you can have the Avatar plots and speaking vaguely in case there are people out there like me who haven't seen it, even though I have a gist of what's going on, I feel like remaking it live-action would just be bad because there's so much potential for failure. So it would almost make more sense to make like prequels, like like a season prequel for specific plot lines or characters so you kind of know how they get to where they are at the beginning of season one. You kind of expand the universe some. As opposed to just like hey you know what. This thing worked before. And then it didn't work. Let's see if it'll work a third time. Like Third time's uh, the John. That... John?
0: Third time's the John. <laughs> I'm the, the middle charm, child. John. It was second time's the John for my parents. <laughs> yeah. I Third time is the charm. They say. But I agree with you. I think what I would change is. Just make another Avatar show. Because they have Avatar The Last Airbender, and then they released Legend of Korra, and it was not nearly as good. From what I understand of The Legend
1: of Korra, it was more so designed for the people who started watching Avatar as it aired, so it was still stylistically the same, but it was thematically more mature. Yes, definitely. So I feel like that kind of plays into... Because when it's thematically more mature, there's always going to be the the potential for more controversy. And I feel like a lot of people, like, if something controversial happens, it's a lot easier to just not like it or say that it's bad. Yeah. So, not to slight that. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Sure. But there's not as much, like, critical leeway there, I feel like.
0: Yeah. There was... Uh, for me, what it was was kind of kind of like what you said. I was just expecting more of a fun show like it was with the last airbender and it just it was so much more serious it was a lot darker edgier i just didn't care for that it wasn't what i had and the certain things didn't make sense like the advancement in technology and things like that it just this feels like it's advanced but it almost feels like it's a few steps backwards yeah (laughs) anyway and and then also have you just well you know what we'll save the we'll save that for last. There is rumor that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles might be coming to CBS All Access with a live action adaptation uh, TV show. <laughs> You're shaking, John. Shaking his head. No, please stop. That is
1: that's so sad to hear. Cause the past two times they've tried to do Turtles in movies, right? Yeah. They were both bad. I don't know. The first one wasn't too bad. The TMNT? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, as good as the cartoons. It could have been better, for That's, sure. Okay. So, yes. with with that as the baseline, it's, it's, like, the same thing we talked about before. Like, why? Why not just animate it? Yeah. Because you have to find, like, actors to do mocap and... You have to get sets, and it's just so much easier. I do feel you, you have so much more creative freedom to animate it. Do
0: you feel that more and more people are getting bored with animation? I don't, because people... So I'll just say like
1: people in their late 20s, early 30s. I like to call it kind of nostalgia culture. Love the things that we grew up with, right? Right. And we more or less love them because of what they were when we were kids. And what did we watch a lot of when we were kids cartoons cartoons so like i find myself like i have all four volumes of batman uh the animated series on dvd and i will prefer to watch them over some things that are currently airing right now just me as a person so i feel like people aren't necessarily tired of cartoons as much as it is like running out of nostalgia to watch Mm. And instead of feeding into that, companies are kind of feeding into it with like, hey, you watched Ninja Turtle cartoons when you were a kid. How about if we botch our live action show? And then not only do you hate the live action show, but it sours your memory of the animation. True. So there's a lot of like danger potential in this for me. But I'm also a pessimist. You take that with like a like a salt shaker, not just a grain.
0: That's a shaker's worth of salt. Very good. Yeah, I I can agree. I can see that. Yeah. I I think that you have so much more potential when you do animated. There's so much more things you can do with that. You are like kind of like what you said, you are very limited if you do some sort of live action CGI mix or if you go back to the rubber suits. Good gracious, don't do that. It it just it does make sense to just do the animated. The, the comic series itself has evolved a whole lot. So there's a lot of characters that you could bring back, or there's characters you could bring back, and then there's new characters that you could add in later seasons that have been created that a lot of fans do like and appreciate. So I think there's a lot of potential there if they would just go back to its roots.
1: I agree. And kind of like how we, we talked about in the past about it, there's so much fan uproar. Why is the voice of Ahsoka not going to get a chance to be the live action? If you animate it, unless the voice actor is done with it, like Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill kind of retired from Batman and the Joker, then you can still get those original actors and actresses that we have that attachment to. Right? Yeah. So just animate it. End of the day, (laughs) like if it was originally animated... Yeah, Keep it animated. If it was originally live action, then keep it live action. I don't care. But jumping from one to the other and then back. I know we have the technology, but just don't. Yeah.
0: Just don't. If it ain't broke... Don't break it. (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. And last up, what I've got on my list anyway, is this... uh, They released... Well, two things. They released the Play... Hold on. What's the word I'm looking for? They released the... I can't think. Words. Words are hard. They released the actual Railer. footage oh. of the game for Star Wars Squadrons. Yes. Did you see this? I did. And looks Hesitantly pretty... excited. I. Me too. I'm excited, but yes, just like you said. I'm... This has potential... But I'm not going to get super excited until I actually see the finished product. Right. Absolutely. Now, it looks amazing. And I think that the fact that it's going to be a VR experience where you're gonna, actually going to be able to like. look around as you're in the spaceship. What did you say? I said I think it'll be nauseating. Well, see? Okay. I'm glad you said something. Because I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Yeah. especially if you do like a barrel roll you're gonna be like oh oh, oh."
1: because like we're we're at a point now it's the middle of 2020 right vr technology is not what it was five years ago and i i personally don't have a headset or anything for it but i imagine it's pretty decent so in a flight-based game especially in like a 3d flight-based game where you're not just like like a oh what was it called spy that old car game when all you did was go back and forth but when you throw like verticality into the mix right it could be like i could see people getting sick from that if it's done well yeah which is weird to like want i want this to be so good people throw up (laughs) it's like it's like a roller coaster
0: yeah for real yeah i it it has a lot of potential, though, and it just, I guess it just shows where the technology is going. And what a great, what a perfect game to introduce the VR experience for those at home. You put them in and, and give them this, hey, here's this uh, spaceship that you're going to be flying around. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where this goes with this kind of stuff. But yeah, so that one was was really neat, and then the trailer, the official full length trailer with some gameplay. There's the rule, the word I was looking for <laughs> was released for Marvel Avengers. See, but is it? Got... I thought it was. I thought it was still test footage. Oh, was it still? Oh, okay. I, see, I didn't realize it was still test footage. Because it's, it's been pushed footage.
1: back again. So, oh, it did get pushed back. I... When were you thinking that it was? Originally, it was September, wasn't it? I think it might still be September then. I don't know. Okay. But it was supposed to come out in March, so...
0: Oh, wow, I didn't realize it was supposed to come out that early. Originally, I had seen September, so that's what I thought. Yeah, it was supposed to be out already for a couple of months. But all the characters are going to be customized. You can customize each one. You can change their suits. You can change their abilities. Ultimate Alliance did that as a launch title for the Xbox 360. Is this going to be like that? I thought it was going to be more of a third person. Like you're not controlling all the characters. You're controlling one at a time. Are you still doing the whole team? I would imagine
1: that you're locked into one at a time. But in Ultimate Alliance, like you played one at a time, but you could swap back between the four at will. So I could see kind of that style to it i was struggling to think of the word as well hmm
0: well i it looks interesting it looks like a lot of fun however it is one of those that i am also very skeptical about yeah you want to talk about a game people are skeptical
1: about let me hit you with this hit uh, it's me. called pokemon unite what's that so this week it's the last full week of june uh, if you're listening to this in the future which I guess everyone is, because it releases on Monday. <laughs> Pokemon announced a partnership with Tencent, which is a, a developing company, to create a MOBA. And I had to look it up, because like, I know what a MOBA is, but I don't know how to describe it. MOBA stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And it's a genre that's been famous for years due to games like Dota 2 and League of Legends. Okay, So, so it's, it's a... where you have like top laners, mid laners, bottom laners... And I had to, I looked up Tencent because I know I've heard of this company. They are considered the largest video game company in the world.
0: Yeah, because they and did reading about PUBG. Well,
1: they've done PUBG. They've done a lot of mobile games, like they did COD Mobile. They fully own Riot Games, which is most known for League of Legends. Right now, they just dropped a new game called Valorant. I'm pretty excited to to play. Forty percent ownership of Epic, which did Fortnite um five percent of ubisoft which is another massive massive developer so They're how just, are they you have catch every puzzle
0: the, how are you going to catch every pokemon and like battle with it how's that no all idea. gonna work? i have no idea
1: Interesting. i haven't watched any of the footage for it yet but it was just uh it was just released just information about it was released the other day it says pokemon unite is a new moba coming to android ios and switch so at least it's not just switch cool
0: Huh. Well, I'll be interested to see what that is and how that works.
1: I'm definitely gonna like watch it first because I have very limited experience with MOBAs, in the sense that I've never played one. Does that I... stand for something? Hmm. It's that uh, multiplayer online battle arena. Oh, okay. I know there are like specific MOBA gaming mice that you can get, and they look ridiculous. Like where, so I have my hand on my mouse right now. And it has a, an ADS button on it, so where you would free up your right click. But in that same area of the mouse, MOBA mice have like like 10 to 20 individual little buttons for individual commands that your character might need. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense.
0: Wow. Huh. Well, that's very cool. That's That's good. That's some good stuff. I'll be interested to see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, but
1: I'm not going to play it initially. That's for sure.
0: No, definitely let other people be the guinea pigs, right? Absolutely.
1: And I found out that uh, this is just a personal update. So I have my computer fully built. Like I have Steam and everything. I feel like a true gamer. Good job. Uh, that's a that's a joke about PC Master Race. But I found out that KOTOR and KOTOR 2 are in Steam. They're ah. in the steam store and I am over the moon to download them and play them for the first time. Nice. Cause I didn't, I didn't play them when I, when I was a kid. I didn't appreciate RPGs, right? Like give me that battlefront and that force unleashed linear story life. But like now that I'm an adult, the draw of the RPG is much greater. Yeah. Like- I'm so excited. Cause they're, they're both in the conversation of greatest star Wars game ever made. oh for sure and i haven't even played them and i regard them that highly
0: oh yeah they're hands down one of the best they need to make another one like it that's what i would really like to see it's another star wars game like that absolutely well john i think it's about that time man (laughs) especially this week right yeah i'm not i'm not excited to destroy this movie so if you can't tell by our reactions to this we are definitely not fans of the movie so once again we review we are reviewing artemis fowl it is a disney plus movie about a boy who wants to become a secret agent but it's also about fairies and goblins and dwarves except they're not really magical because their magic can be turned off and the kids also really smart he's 12 the dad is played by colin colin
1: farrell farrell that threw me initially yeah cuz colin farrell what? in like serious more dramatic roles still like I, it's still unexpected to me I, i'm used to like colin farrell in a trashy role in a trashy movie and i
0: wouldn't call it a trashy role but it's a trashy movie yes so artist foul a young criminal prodigy hunts down a secret society of fairies to find his missing father yep that's about it so gosh how do we do this i have some vague
1: not plot specific statements i can make at the beginning if you would like okay so one this movie's really short it's it is like, very short it's like 90 something minutes which, for a, for a blockbuster in theaters movie these days, is fairly short. I imagine if you have a kid who has a shorter attention span, that's good for you. But the book that they pulled this from has more plot than this movie conveys. I wondered. I, re- I remember the book being much better than this movie portrayed it as. Huh. And again, I was like 10, right? Like, I was not... Uh, literary critic at 10 years old. This is a fun book. I didn't care if it was a good book or not. It was fun. And it absolutely was. But it's the book I remember being so much more in-depth because this movie suffers from a complete lack of world-building, in yes. my opinion. And- they yes. just kind of start the movie and expect you to understand everything. And right away, you're set up for failure. Um, I also think that... Oh, what was it? I had another thing, but that might be tied more to to plot development. I think that might be it for for no spoilers for me. Yeah. But as as someone who remembers the books vaguely, I I didn't walk away because I watched this in my house, but I like sat on the couch disappointed when this movie was over.
0: It was uh, a movie that, yes, I think you're right, suffers a lot because there's no story, there's no world been building it definitely just kind of just jumps right into it and you're like they're kind of like i hope you can figure this out along the way because we got a lot of ground to cover but then at the same time they really didn't it was very simple so i was a little confused by so maybe you can clear this up for me like there's magical creatures but they can't actually use magic it's more like they're technologically advanced yes and no they are
1: technologically advanced but at the same time like they do have innate magic abilities so like josh gad who i thought did really well with the material he was given in my opinion plays a dwarf and the dwarf has an innate tunneling ability that is obviously in my opinion is magic based or the the fairies can heal that's magic based but in terms of, like, the 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 lepre- Leprechaun, that's their police force name, which I think is hilarious. Um, it does seem to be mostly technologically driven, in my opinion. Hmm. But again, I also don't remember the books that well, because I read them when I was a kid. And then, like, I don't even remember finishing the series, to be honest with you. Because I think I it did. was one of those, like, I had moved on to another series... By the time the next book, like there was a really big gap. I think it was between the, it was either between the second and third book or third and fourth books. And in between them, I had moved on to a completely new series. And I'm content leaving those where they were.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, for basic plot, I guess what I'll say is, is that kind of like what the summary said, it's a prodigy, a boy who is extremely intelligent, and so is his father, and he's named after his father, so it's Artemis Fowl Jr. and Artemis Fowl Sr. And his dad leaves all the time and always disappears, and he has to be taken care of by his bodyguard. And turns out that his father is actually a thief, and he robs jewelry, st- jewelry, jewelry, th- Places, but not just like petty theft. It's like paintings and books and like things from museums. It's pretty incredible. But then you just find out that there's this deeper world that's kind of been living underneath us this whole time. And there's actually more involved than we originally thought. And then the father ends up being kidnapped and the son has to save him. And of course, he requires a magical instrument to be able to do that. Yeah. That's about it. That's about as far as I'm going to go, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's a... Uh, I would say the best thing about this movie, which again, don't get it twisted, it's not a good movie, but I could see potential for, like, kid. I could see it being an enjoyable movie for kids, because there's a lot that goes on, a kid is the hero, and like it's, all in all, it's pretty fast-paced, right? Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to be a kid, and even when I was a kid, I was a weird kid. So... I could see this kind of opening the door to like that movie was based on books, right? Like here are these books. And I think everyone agrees books are typically better than their adaptations. So it's a much Usually, more in depth. Like I like that movie, but these books could potentially be so much better than the movie was. So it just kind of opens the door to a, a literary series that might've been closed before.
0: There you go. That's going to be my,
1: my silver lining for this movie which is a bad movie. I'm going to keep saying it because it's a bad movie.
0: Well, maybe should we rate it first before we jump into any type of spoilers or before we start Um, tearing it apart?
1: I don't know how we would rate it because when I think of even like young adult adaptations, it
0: is the bottom of the list. I'm going to put it just, I guess I'm just going to do a scale of one to ten and I'm definitely going to put it at a three. I was gonna say
1: like a two but that's only because I feel like because it exists I don't want to put it as a one like I feel like a one is a movie that like it's announced and then canceled that's a one
0: (laughs) yeah I'm gonna say a three possibly even a four only because of the cast see honestly it has a
1: cast that has no business being good
0: well and it's a random assortment of cast (laughs)
1: because Colin Farrell Playing the dad is not, he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, right? No. And when you don't have a lot of screen time, there's not a whole lot you can really do to impact the movie. I think he does really well with what he's given, but he's not given a whole lot. Judy Dench has a pretty solid amount of screen time. She has a lot of screen time. And she does not do a good job with it. Terrible. Like she must be broke or something. Like,
0: I don't know why she took this movie. I'm very disappointed in her mm so yeah there we go a three and a two it is pretty bad i i will i will say it was better than and it hurts me to say this because i this was a book that i enjoyed i enjoyed the city of ember i when, ni- i neither read nor saw the city of ember and the the movie is terrible the movie is is not good at all but the book is really good and so because of that it i'm gonna say it's probably better than i don't know of course at the same time i haven't read the book yeah. but anyway so let's tear it apart i think it's inherent... got a few... I think... I got... sorry no oh. i was just saying i've got a few notes here so. yeah
1: i will jump off and say it's inherently risky to base a movie off of unfounded child actors
0: yes this was his first movie and i think
1: he was good i think the screenplay was crap yeah so the things that he was given to say and like the I think he did well with what he. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come onto this podcast and say this child was terrible, because that's unfair to say to a child. I think I can say the screenwriting was bad, and the screenwriting was abysmal because that person was probably not a child. I imagine that was a licensed professional who should know better. One of the other characters was also a twelve, like another twelve-year-old, and she had. I want to say she had less screen time than colin farrell did so she had like nothing to work with and i think she did really well with what she was given because yeah, she I wasn't mean, given a whole lot i don't, don't even know her really character did name was
0: like scream and jump and stuff
1: <laughs> yeah i don't even know her character name but i, I feel either. like she
0: did i feel like she did well
1: it's very limited in the sense of scenery almost the entire movie takes place at foul manor yeah which is not as impressive on the inside as it is on the outside. Outside, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. And it looks expansive, but inside that house looks very small. I did the, enjoy
0: that the setting was in Ireland. I enjoyed that I think the, I think the a author. Lot. I think the author is Irish. Because he the, it's narrated by the dwarf, which is played by Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. And let's see. I got his character's name. His character's Mulch, name correct?
1: Mulch Diggums with two G's. Walt Diggums. He had, to, he had he, to correct the the guard at the prison because he
0: tried to spell it with one G. You know, it's Diggums with two G's. And he narrates the whole movie, and he says at the very beginning, "Ireland, the last place that there's still magic, or something like that," which was fun. Yeah,
1: I I really enjoyed having an unreliable narrator. I will say that. Like I feel like I feel like that as a stylistic choice is very underrated. Because it tells you things from a certain perspective, as opposed to like true objectivity.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now speaking of the narration, um, I just put on here. Ever wanted to hear Judy Dench and Josh Gad try out their Batman voice? Because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And then I loved because I was cracking up at it the whole time. Because he starts out, he's doing that. He's like trying to sound like he's trying. He's, He's narrating like this to make his voice really deep. Because he he naturally does not have a very deep voice. Like, I he mean, plays Olaf. I was about to say, he's Olaf, so... So, he's very much, like, a squeaky, like, very happy, cheerful person. So, for him to be playing this dwarf who's supposed to be dark and gruff and big, and I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't I really
1: work. I, it never registered to me as like a true batman voice. I thought it was more just like a like he had a cough. You know well, how like sometimes you have a cough and your voice gets real scratchy? It was like that but for an hour and a half.
0: Well, then Judy Dench starts doing it too. What is going on here? Like she every, sounds awful. She sounds like she's dying. <laughs> every, every her career is after this movie.
1: <laughs> for real. Everything well, then, about everything about Judy Dench in this movie is a disaster. And I hate saying that cuz she's so great but she is a weak link in this
0: movie well then they end up making fun of their own voice like both of them they end up making fun of their own voice and the let's see mulch says we sound like two hippos with a throat infection (laughs) okay so like i hated it at first and then you know what they're aware that these voices sound ridiculous so i'm not going to be so upset about it anymore yeah two hippos with a throat infection (laughs) Now, some of the things, the the, da- the David Bowie joke, that was funny. I, about to, I, I did enjoy the Bowie joke. Saying that he was one of theirs.
1: He was a saying that he was a magical fairy hidden amongst the humans. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of an explanation for his talent, which he was incredibly talented from what I understand. Obviously, I was not really aware of Bowie in his heyday.
0: Now, dwarves, and one thing that just kind of threw me off was that dwarves don't use hammers. Nope. They eat the dirt and then shoot it out the back.
1: Yeah, they like dis—they enlarge and dislocate their jaws to devour the earth, and then somehow it just like Usain bolts right through them. Yep, and shoots out the back. That was pretty gross. That was yeah. I was not excited about that.
0: <laughs> I guess you knew it was coming.
1: I had forgotten, to be honest with you. One thing that I this is like the only thing I actually remember about the Artemis Fowl books is that dwarf hair is actually very important in the books because you you can like pluck a dwarf hair and put it in a lock before it gets like rigid. And if you put it in the lock, it becomes the shape of the key. Weird. So they you they kind of address that when Mulch is breaking into the safe, but they never like full on explain it. And I remember that being like... Because it's a very valuable thing that happens. I think it's in the plot of the first book. Like, it's a it's a critical element for whatever the, the first book plot is. And I wonder how they're going to do that. And then they didn't.
0: Yeah, they kind of hinted at it, like you said. Because, like, he... His hair, like, grew and, like, goes into the thing, the locking mechanism, and he was able to twist the gears so that it opened up. But... Yeah, it was it was weird. But let's see. I don't know. Also, I didn't understand. Does everyone have to travel by lava capsule? Or just the fairy agent and the tall dwarf? They, so the... This is such a
1: dumb thing to say out of context. So the centaur explains that when he's shooting the fairy to the, to the surface. He says it's the most direct and the fastest way. Huh. But it's not necessarily the best. And it's certainly not the most comfortable
0: interesting yeah because then she's like getting banged around and stuff
1: that's that's a sentence that i never thought i would say well when the centaur was talking to the fairy about the (laughs)
0: golly okay so that explains why it took so much longer for all the fairies to get there with all their technology i liked the way that they were able to freeze time that was cool
1: it was and i wasn't i I don't remember if it was in the book or not. I haven't read the books in, I would say, over 15 years. But I like how Artemis accounted for that in his plan. Because he, oh, he yeah. sabotaged the time freeze. What? How would he know
0: that would work? I feel like a lot of his plan is contingent on luck.
1: Yeah, it felt that way.
0: Yeah, because I remember he said, even at the after everything had happened and he thought that it was all done, he was like, oh no, this is still part of the plan. Okay hold on a second. Do you have like 50 different scenarios in your head going on at the same time? Because there is no way you were able to predict that that would all happen. Book
1: Artemis would have been capable of it.
0: Book (laughs) Artemis was very, very intelligent. And don't get me wrong. This guy obviously had a lot of intelligence, but it did kind of feel like an Indiana Jones. Well, man, I'm glad that worked out the way it did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it, he played it, it, it off. It very
1: much feels like a seat-of-your-pants movie as opposed to like a like a calm,
0: cool, and collected. You know what I would have done? Of course, they didn't ask me. But if what would have been really good how like in the Robert Downey Jr. version of Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. before he did stuff, it would go into slow motion and he mm-hmm. would show every single little thing he did before he actually did it. I feel like that would have been something that would have worked really well in this movie so that you could see that yes this was planned out exactly this way
1: I don't know because is... then
0: he could be like so here's the plan da da you know and then he like goes through the whole thing almost like they do and well they do that in lots of movies like Ocean's 11 where they show like everything that they're going to do step by step and then they execute it uh Mission Impossible they do that in that too yeah I would
1: say sh- the the Sherlock Holmes movies are the best representation of that and to replicate it you have to differentiate it so much that it doesn't look like you're just ripping it off. That's and true. Based on how the rest of this movie was, it would be very difficult for them to do that in my opinion cuz they would just look like they were ripping it off.
0: It also bothered me that the suit his suit just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Like I imagine that's a, just, a bigger point in the book, like, like they kind of build to it, or all of a sudden he's like, "Oh wait, let me go put my black suit and tie so I look like Men in Black." He did say it's time for the
1: suit, and why? I, there's zero context for that. Like, is that <laughs> like, just fan just service for look sharp? I feel like it's fan service for fans that they already pissed off. This movie's terrible, and you're gonna hate it, but we're gonna throw you this bone. It's time hopes for that the you'll suit. yeah, I did like right. his
0: glasses. Hmm. I liked his sunglasses. And so he comes. He finds out that his dad has actually been a thief this whole time, and he comes out with the bottle of milk. And the whole time, when's he gonna drop it? Yeah. And then he finds out that his dad has been stealing. And then in my head, I went and cue milk drop. And then sure enough, he drops the bottle and it breaks to show the shock. Yeah. And the devastation. I think my biggest takeaways from
1: this movie are how important character development is. Yeah. There's a villain whose name I don't even remember, and you don't ever really figure out what the villain's motivation is. Like, why did he kidnap his dad in the first place? So, yeah, obviously, you know what Artemis' motivation is, is to save his dad. And then Holly Short, the fairy who ends up helping Artemis what her motivation is because she wants to redeem her father's legacy. And as the movie goes on, you find out that their dads worked together. So it's like a, Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. You don't really know what, so the villain has a mole inside of Judy Dench's police force who tries to usurp her. And I think ultimately does for a little bit. You don't find out what his deal is. I don't think the, the villain rescues him from prison. And is like, hey, I'm doing you a solid, but now I own you. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, this is a very pivotal scene in this movie to be 45 seconds long. Yeah. And then just the pacing of it. Because I feel like some, some bits of this movie happened in real time, right? So like a half hour in the movie might actually be a half hour in real life. But then sometimes it was like, oh, yeah, it's like a Rocky training montage. That 10 seconds was three weeks, like who's to say yeah like you just walk away from this movie way more confused than oh, yeah. when you went in for sure and that's only if you care about it if you don't care about it then you it's immediately forgettable i feel like it's almost better that they release this on disney plus so they don't get to see what their box office pull is oh that would have been terrible this, it would have bombed and like i talked about earlier it wouldn't have been fair to the kids it wouldn't have been fair to the kids if this movie bombed but that's Like, ultimately, in a movie starring children, it's like like a quarterback in football, right? They were talking about this on the radio yesterday. Quarterbacks are always judged wins and losses, but there's other guys on the team that contribute to that. And I feel like that's actors in general for movies are judged based on the success of the movie. When in reality, there's so much more at work than just actors. But specifically child actors, I feel like, are at risk of when you have kids as the stars of your movie, this is what could happen. And I don't think that's fair, because not every movie is Hugo. Hugo no. is a beautiful movie starring children. It's like sometimes you get Hugo and sometimes you get Artemis Fowl. It's not to say it's the <laughs> kids' fault. That's our scale
0: for the future.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to say I'm going to die on this hill, but like I will yell on this hill. Like It's not the kids' fault.
0: No, it's not. Definitely not.
1: I absolutely think they did well with what they were given, but they were given, like... What they were given, I wouldn't want to step in. I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, John didn't like the movie. Oh, man. I should have waited to take a drink <laughs> until you were... I That almost came out my nose. And I didn't like it either. It was very... Yeah, it was, whatever. You heard my take on it. But you think we're done? One, one last how much we... Like, what is the worst thing
1: you would rather do than watch this movie again. So for me... My
0: taxes. (laughs) Taxes. I would rather sit down for three hours and do my taxes than watch this movie again. See, I would rather watch a
1: supercut of all of the worst scenes from the Star Wars prequels and sequel trilogy. Just a (laughs) supercut of the worst scenes of those six movies. All back-to-back. Maybe even, like with
0: subtitles just to make it worse i would rather watch a a two-hour loop of poe rubbing on bb8 like he's a dog i was gonna say that's not gonna be
1: a meme because this is not successful enough to be ubiquitous
0: sorry that was the cat
1: (laughs) ah so I was saying, like, it's comparable to when we would say, like, oh, it's still a better love story than Twilight, and it's talking about, like, a high <laughs> right? school student in Taco Bell. Like, yeah. that's a better love story than Twilight. You could say, like, oh, it's still a better plot than Artemis Fowl, but that implies that Artemis Fowl would become ubiquitous. Right. Because I've never read Twilight, I've never seen Twilight, but I understand that reference. No one would understand an Artemis Fowl reference, because no one should watch this movie.
0: No, and... In, in... I'd be interested to see what the numbers are on how many people are actually watching this movie too. Uh, In fact, that's something I should look up later and and report back next time because I'm just curious to see is it something that nobody is watching on Disney Plus right now? I really want to know. I tell you what, nobody's watching it twice. Neither of us are. (laughs) You can't say nobody. I'm sure somebody out there is like, yes, I've waited for this movie for so long. I bet there's like, I bet there's somebody's kid. You could always put in your earbuds and listen to us just totally trash this movie.
1: Yeah. Gosh, I knowing that that's a thing, right? That kids are so particular, yeah. especially like young kids, yep. about the stuff that they'll tolerate.
0: Man, Jay, you've got a, a rough little bit ahead of you. <laughs> I know. Well, Antonio's not too far. He's He's a little bit like that even now. There's some movies where he's like, oh, man, I really wanted to finish that. Like Norm of the North, I think, was the latest one. And we were we were sitting there watching it, and my wife and I are sitting there watching it with him. And we were just like, we finally looked over at him and said, are you enjoying this? And he was like, yeah. And we were like, okay, we'll I get think, it, but all right. I think
1: that should be our ask the audience question for the end of the episode. What is just a trashy movie? that you loved as a child
0: yeah good question so hit us up on facebook i'll post that question when we release this episode
1: okay because i really get everybody has one everybody has one and i really want to know what what y'all's was so i'll answer it on facebook i think jay will probably answer it on facebook we would love to we would love to get some involvement from
0: you there so
1: that's a that's a nice little like yeah that's fun
0: (laughs) good idea john you want to lead us into how they can reach us? I sure can. As we just mentioned, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com
1: slash theydidn'taskus. No spacing, no punctuation. I don't think caps matters. We have a, an email, they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Again, no spacing, no punctuation. And if you would like to leave us an audio message for a chance to be featured on a future episode, if that is something that you would that you would enjoy, you can reach out to us at our anchor page, which is anchor.fm. They didn't ask us.
0: And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, I am the nerd is underscore n, and John also has a few plugs there. Yep, I
1: am uh, on Twitch and Twitter. With at jmuller8332. That is my handle on pretty much everywhere I could get it. I tried to keep the the brand consistent. Keep the brand
0: (laughs) consistent. I had a Twitter and still have a Twitter. I just never get on there. Uh, Twitter is one of those things that I try to avoid. Because there's so much just junk on there that I don't care about. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I didn't use it that much until I started taking
1: my Twitch a lot more seriously. And it is a invaluable tool for, for networking.
0: Well, there you go. So
1: it's how social media was supposed to be. If you use it right, it's really good. And if That's you right. use it wrong, it's really
0: bad. That's right. So oh, a final thought I just had on this movie, and then we'll end it. That psychologist was basically Freud looked like freud acted like freud talked about his mom like freud
1: well you know what they say if it looks like freud and talks about its mom like
0: freud it's got to be a duck dang it (laughs) but he was he was a terrible therapist that's all i was going to say about that i do that now in any kind of tv show or movie where there's a therapist or some sort of psychologist i sit there hmm is this person good or not (laughs) i feel like ordinarily the answer is going to be no Uh, typically it's a no but i will say there are some therapists on uh this is us that have been excellent no even sonic we were like this was actually kind of fun yeah sonic i think our our consensus ended up being this is way better than it should have been oh yeah but well thank you guys for joining us on another episode and we will actually see you in just one week one week what
1: seven days. seven days
0: that's it that's all you have to wait until you get to hear our beautiful voices again and i seven know you days. are so excited oh gosh i know you are so excited That took such a dark turn was, wasn't that that thing from the ring seven yeah that was the days. ring yeah and uh, uh, we are in. actually going to be reviewing so we'll go ahead and give you a preview for that one we are going to be reviewing our favorite 90s cartoons woohoo and I can tell you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is definitely on that list. So check out next time. We'll be back one week. See you then. Love you. And until then, nerd out. <coughs> Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask
1: Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at theydidn'taskus@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash Us. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your
0: friends. We would love to have you check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast.